You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. We are starting, you are starting, we're all starting a new series on the Holy Spirit. By the way, it's always fun to, to be here in Statesville. I love the opportunity that I have to get around to the different campuses. And if you haven't been around to the different campuses, I know a few of you have. For me, this is how I relate it. So when I grew up, I grew up in Florida, I grew up in Tampa, and my dad's side of the family was all there and remained there, and some of them are still there. Uh, but we would have different gatherings at grandma's house and uncle uh, Robert's house and aunt Jan's house. And, and I can tell you, even though they were all berries, they were all part of the same family, my dad's brothers and sisters, it was quite different when you would go to different people's houses. There was just a, a different vibe and a different culture within each house. My, my aunt Debbie was one uh, that when you went to her house, I, if you were there for a few hours, she was probably going to put you to work doing some type of chore. Her house was always immaculate. Uh, my house was clean, but my, my parents had to fight me a little bit more about keeping my bedroom uh, clean. You go to my Aunt Jan's house, and she's the one that's going to have the cool meal. You're always going to get food. And, right? So there's just differences, and I love them all. And I love that about our Grace family, right? That as we travel around to the different campuses, there's so much to love, even though there's some things that might uh, be a little bit different. I love the fact that we go through the same uh, preaching calendar with each other because God is ministering to us as a family, as a whole. So we're starting this uh, series on the Holy Spirit. I do want to let you know that we have a book that you can purchase, and it's only $5. It's called The God I Never Knew. I'll see Julia right afterwards. She's going to help take payment for that. I would say read through this book as we're going through the series. For me, like I want to grasp everything that I can. Uh, I, I get a little bit more um, insight, I guess, to what's happening behind the scenes as, as these uh, lessons or, or these sermons are being prepared. Uh, so for me, I really dig deep, and I would ask that you do the same as we go through this series on the Holy Spirit. So as you choose to accept Christ's provision of salvation and make him Lord of your life, you're given help. The key role of the Holy Spirit is to help you effectively live out the faith you proclaim. Let me read John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We're going to come back to that verse uh, in just a few moments. I wanted to talk to you real quickly to describe the church that I grew up in. And maybe some of you grew up in a very similar church. So I grew up in a Foursquare church. And Foursquare is what our Grace uh, Covenant Church family belongs to. The the movement that we belong to is Foursquare, if you didn't know that. But I grew up in a Foursquare church. My parents started going to that church when I was about four years old. So really, Foursquare is all I've known as far as joining or being a part of. I obviously have exposure to other denominations. But Foursquare is the church that I grew up in. But I would say that the the church that I grew up in was what I call today hyper spiritual, um, maybe a little over the top fanatical. Uh, so it's, it's not what you probably have experienced here. It's certainly not what you would experience in our other campuses. So let me describe just for, for a moment what I experienced. And, le- and let me say this. I, I never look back at my time growing up and think negatively upon that. I still love my pastor. Some of you might have met my pastor, uh, John Jenkins. I, I grew up under his leadership. I love him. I so appreciate um, the influence that he has had on my life. In fact, I still today will let him know that. However, as I look back, I, I see some things that for me uh, caused a lot of questions and it really skewed my perspective. And I don't think it was intentional at all, but it, it skewed my perspective on who the Holy Spirit is and how he worked. So in our church growing up, uh, the Holy Spirit would come at least once or twice every service. 
And by that, I mean something odd, something strange, uh, something that might scare a a guest uh, would take place. Like out of nowhere, somebody might hoop and holler. Has anybody ever been a part of a church like that? Like out of nowhere, somebody might just, might just, scream. Uh, And it was a little unnerving to me as a kid and as a teenager. And uh, at at any given moment, you know, most likely during worship, uh, somebody would start running around the room. Just like, it would just happen. Just somebody would start running around the room. And I never felt like compelled to join them, but others others did. So you might have a few people uh, running around the room. Inevitably, somebody was going to give a a message really loud in, in tongues. Um, sometimes there was an interpretation and sometimes there wasn't. Uh, so all these, all these things would happen. And again, I'm not going to point to those things and say those things weren't of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I would say that it's very easy to get caught up in, especially when you grow up and that's very easy to get caught up in an emotional state. And my perspective being this, I grew up thinking that the Holy Spirit only moved in church because I wasn't seeing people do that at Walmart. I didn't, I never heard stories of somebody sitting at their desk at work and all of a sudden, you know, that wasn't actually tongues. I was just syllables, uh, but it's just somebody out just bursting out while they're, you know, processing somebody's, can you imagine being a car salesman? Because I experienced this in church too. Could you imagine being a car salesman and you're walking somebody through the car lot, you're trying to help them buy a car. And all of a sudden you do something like this. And I saw that growing up in church, but I only saw it happening in church on Sunday mornings and every tent revivals. And so I literally grow up, grew up thinking that the Holy Spirit only moved when you were in church. So it was like the rest of the week, you were just kind of out of luck. The Holy Spirit wasn't going to move, and, and I'm certainly glad that he didn't move like that uh, in our community through our, our church family. But that's kind of the perspective that I grew up with. Now, as a young adult, I would say even as a teenager... I began to sense that there's got to be something more to the Holy Spirit because I would leave a a church service and I didn't really feel like my life had changed a whole lot. I would go back to school on Monday morning and, and although I felt something on Sunday, I wasn't necessarily feeling that on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And so I began to dig pretty deep into scripture early on uh, before I even graduated to to study the Holy Spirit, to find out who he is uh, and how he wanted to work, to realize that it wasn't just a gathering where he moved. That's, that's not, that's, that's my daughter screaming. Uh, thank you, Jesus. So as I began to ask God, like, God, I, I need you to reveal who the Holy Spirit is to me. I began to see quite a difference. I, I would say that I haven't been completely transformed uh, by that revelation, but I am being transformed by that revelation our daughter's on drugs. That's why you, and, and I mean that literally. She's got some, she's got cerebral palsy and epilepsy and they mess with medications. And so she's having a really hard time. So let me, let me read this again. John sixteen seven. but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsel will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I, I want to focus just for a few moments on this this little part of that verse that says, it is good for you. It is good for you. Because for me, like if I was the disciples, I would be like, yeah, no, it's not. No, it's not. This, this isn't making sense to me, Jesus. 
You've just walked with us with a, for the past uh, three years or so. We've spent day after day after day with you. You've been here in body, in person. You've been speaking to us moments after moment of every day. And now you're saying to us that it's good for you to go. I'm not quite seeing that, Jesus. I'm not quite seeing that. But Jesus went on to explain in this whole series is we're going to find out and we're going to see very clearly why it was good for Jesus to go. So Jesus would leave when his work was finished. We all remember that statement. It is finished. His primary role was to be a sacrifice for all sin and to provide a way for us to have a close relationship with the father. He said that over and over and over. Jesus showed us how to live as one with the Father, and yet in himself could not empower us to live as one with the Father. So I think what we'll discover, if you haven't already, is that the Holy Spirit, the primary purpose for the Holy Spirit was to come to empower us to have this close relationship with the Father like Jesus had with the Father. So let's answer this first question. The first question we have this morning is, who is is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and is fully God. Just like God the Father, the Holy Spirit has always been. Listen, the the Holy Spirit wasn't introduced for the first time in the book of Acts. And and many people would would have that kind of perception. In fact, many people would say, well, I didn't didn't really see the Holy Spirit mentioned a whole lot in the Old Testament. I I didn't see him moving in the Old Testament. He was always moving in the Old Testament. So this isn't something that all of a sudden now, uh, because Jesus left, the Holy Spirit comes on the scene. He's always, he's always been. Just like Jesus has always been, the Holy Spirit has always been. The Holy Spirit is not in it. And look, I don't really get too uptight or upset when I hear people refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. But the Holy Spirit is a person with whom we can have a personal relationship. I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't have that understanding growing up. I had the understanding that I was supposed to have a relationship with Jesus, and I had the understanding that I was supposed to have a relationship with God. I, however, didn't grow up with an understanding that I was supposed to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what a relationship looks like to you, but for me, that relationship would look like spending time with and having conversation with. And, and I just didn't grow up with that. I, you know, again, I want to go back to the church. I mean, I grew up kind of understanding that the Holy Spirit was this, this thing that happened to us on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or at our tent revivals. Anybody grow up having the tent revivals? I still, I still fondly remember the tent revivals, although there was one tent revival. So our church was, uh, it's, in fact, it's still there. It was situated on a corner and across the street, diagonal was a 7-Eleven. And then on the other side of the street from that, right across the street from the church, was a bar. Uh, and I don't, know, I don't know what my parents were thinking, but at this particular tent revival, I was, probably, I was probably a teenager, a young teenager. I stayed out in the tent because people had to stay out in the tent overnight because we, you know, somebody show up and it's, the tent's gone. Uh, so a few guys stayed out in the tent. And I, I can remember one night, man, things went crazy and people were throwing beer bottles at the tent. And uh, anyways, I don't know why I just flashback squirrel. The Holy Spirit is a person we should have a relationship with. I, I would love to hear testimonies at the end of this series that for all of us, like we grew closer to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who is present in believers to help us effectively live out our faith life. We see this in Acts 4 through 5, but I want to take the time to read actually Acts 1, 4 through, 4 through 8. 
And it says this. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem. This is Jesus speaking. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. I love how the the apostles were always like clueless. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and there are not, they are not for you to know. And then he gets back on task. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen, living out our faith involves us partnering with the Holy Spirit to lead others to Jesus. As I look for, like, if we were to, if we were to bring down the pri- to the primary goal or one primary goal of the Holy Spirit, I would say that the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and fills us to empower us to live like Jesus. So Jesus says that we would be his witnesses, right? The Holy Spirit comes to empower us to be his witnesses right here, around the corner, everywhere, So we know that the Holy Spirit isn't an it, it's the person, a person who we're supposed to have a relationship with. So let's talk about the work, the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell the believers so that the person of Jesus can be seen in us. Raise your hand. I I love asking questions, only because it makes me feel better about myself. (laughs) Raise your hand if Jesus is always seen in you. Right, But here we have the, the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to indwell us so that Jesus can always be seen in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this. Do you not know that your bodies are templates of the Holy Spirit? Templates. Temples of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I guess template too. Who is in you whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 2 Corinthians 3.18. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit, capital S, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. See, this is where I want to settle in my own life. Now, we'll get through, as we go through the series, we'll see uh, some details of what the Holy Spirit does and how he works, the spiritual gifts, all of those things. But I always bring it down to this, this verse. The Holy Spirit comes to empower me so that I am daily changed into the image of Jesus. Years ago, I wrote a little worship song called Mirror Image because I wanted to be that of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to do that. John 14, 9, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Listen to what Jesus says. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Look, Jesus is revealing here early on what the power of the Holy Spirit would do later. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What we need to be transformed into being is the image of Jesus, the glorious image of Jesus, and if they see Jesus, they see the Father. Listen, if there's one weakness, I think, in the church as a whole, not just grace, but as a whole, it's just that we Christians 
aren't living like Jesus. We're not living like Jesus. Because if people would see Jesus in us, they would also see the Father, right? There's this, there's this connection that happens there. And I'm certainly not saying that, because I'm including myself in that. I'm, I'm not always Jesus. My, my kids would certainly say, <laughs> I don't always look like Jesus. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us and through us while helping us become more like Jesus. John 14, 26, back to that. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, listen to this, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Look, if we go back to the reasons why it was good that Jesus would go, first of all, the one thing that we knew about Jesus because he was embodied is he couldn't be everywhere at the same time. The Holy Spirit can. Isn't that an awesome thing? Because the Holy Spirit can be with you at your house and me in my house. He can be with you at work and you at work all at the same time. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's, he's speaking to the, the apostles, the disciples specifically. But he says, look, the Holy Spirit will come. And he's going to remind you of everything that I've taught you, everything that I've done. He's going he's to bring back to your mind what you've seen, what you've heard. He's going to bring back to your mind at the moment of need when you're wondering, how do I pray for this blind person? He's going to bring back to your mind so that you remember how I did that. Right? This is awesome. Romans 8.14 tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, are children of God. Have you ever felt like you needed to give Something to someone. Like just in a, in a time, maybe it's in a conversation, maybe it's just in a time of prayer, all of a sudden you have this sense that you, we all know what it feels like. It's just like, boom. It just lays heavy right there that you're supposed to give something to someone. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a car that's sitting in your driveway. Have you ever felt prompted to pray with someone? I know that I have. At a multiple of locations, Many times I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, that, that woman's just here to buy lettuce. <laughs> She's in produce. Certainly, I'm not supposed to go up and pray with her now. Have you ever sensed you needed to contact someone and just encourage them? God want us to become so familiar with the Holy Spirit, his voice, and how he moves, because that is the Holy Spirit. In reality, what I've come to, to learn is that anytime I'm, I'm about to do something self unselfish or I'm, I'm, I'm having this sense, this sense to do something for someone else, that that's the Holy Spirit. I, I wish I could say that, that I obey every time. What I'm hoping that's happening in my life is I'm, I'm obeying more frequently because I feel like the more that I obey, the more familiar I become with the voice of the Holy Spirit because when we begin to ignore the Holy Spirit, we begin to forget what he sounds like. My wife, my wife, she stepped out to help my, uh, my daughter. I'm pretty familiar with my wife's voice. In fact, we could be in a crowded room and there could be chaos happening all around. And if she called my name, I'd be like, what? I need to find her right now. I need to find her right now. Because I'm familiar with her voice. See, I want to be that familiar with the voice of God, with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So that when he begins to lead, I'm very quick I'm very quick to respond. The Holy Spirit helps us produce the fruit of the Spirit, bringing honor to the Father. 
I'm going to read Galatians 22 and, and 23, but I want to say this right away. Like these verses are so challenging to me that in my paper Bible, I've got the digital copy now, but in my paper Bible, I've highlighted that with a black Sharpie. Thank you. Somebody got it. Somebody got it. Stupid jokes. This is what Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Oh, I hate this next one. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me, let me read through those again. If, if you have, like, a, if you are perfected all of these, like this is just how you live, uh, I, I'd, I'd want to talk to you afterwards. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen, I find it pretty easy to, to live like this on Sunday morning in church. However, when I'm driving home after church on 77 and somebody's driving too slow in front of me, not only do I have a problem with these, I have a problem with honoring God with my body sometimes. Anybody else in here ever tempted to, to point? Yeah, some of you, got, you, you know what I'm talking about. Right? This is, this is what I'm talking about. Those type of things that I'm, I'm being transformed from that some, some, to someone who now when I'm stuck behind that slow person on 77, that maybe I'm, I begin to pray for them rather than put a finger up in the window, or just the th- let's just go to the things that I would think, right? As the Holy Spirit empowers me, not just on Sunday morning, but moment by moment by moment by moment, this is how I live. I live in the spirit of love, the spirit of joy, the spirit of peace, the spirit of patience, the spirit of kindness, the spirit of goodness, the spirit of faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen, the Holy Spirit draws us to salvation through Jesus. He then begins to shape our character to be like Jesus. Let's not ever think that it's just about the moments that we experience in a church service or a revival service or even the moments that we might, I hope, that you would experience in your, in your bedroom. Because it's not about, we sang about his presence. Listen to me. The power of the Holy Spirit isn't about what we feel here as we're worshiping. The power of the Holy Spirit is about who we begin to look like and live like when we leave this place. I thank God for these times. I believe that God designed for us to get together and worship together. I believe that he's designed these times for us to lift our voices, to lift our hands, to get on our face. I believe those times are divinely designed. However, it should be the catalyst for what's going to happen in our life the rest of the week as we live led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, uh, 6, 18 through 21 says this. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey, that was pretty good. That kind of took me by surprise. Who was that? I can't see the lights are like right me. Oh, I should have known it was you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. So there's the contrast. This is what happens. We get saved and now the Holy Spirit begins to indwell us and he empowers us to live this life that's now different. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. This is, uh, this is Paul speaking. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end 
and eternal doom. So Paul is describing for us this transformation that happens in our life. And listen, I wish, I wish that it it just like, bam, as soon as we accept Jesus into our life, we look like Jesus. We live like Jesus. We speak like Jesus. We, I haven't found that to happen. But as Jesus said, it was good that he went away so that the Holy Spirit would come. And as I'm being transformed from glory to glory, I begin to look more like Jesus. In in my hopes, just more often, hopefully, (laughs) like Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes to overflow our lives so that the power of Jesus can happen through us. Very familiar. I'm going to read this again from earlier, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to dissect this verse a little bit. Julia, if you, if you come. I want to dissect this verse just a little bit because this, this kind of took me by surprise. And, and for me, uh, years ago, began to help me see the difference between what I was seeing happen, happening growing up and, and the way that the Holy Spirit wanted to, to move in my life. When we see this phrase, you will receive power, as, as you begin to look into the original languages, in this case would be, would be Greek, it uses that entire phrase, you will receive, lambano. And this is what it means. It doesn't mean that at any, any given moment, the Holy Spirit's going to come and bam, he's going he's gonna to fall on me and I'm going to fall out or roll around the ground drunk in the spirit or begin to shout out in tongues or begin to, to run around the room. Or When the Holy Spirit comes and he moves, it's not something that happens to me. It's actually something that I participate in. All of us, I think, would admit that we certainly had the choice to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, the move of the Holy Spirit, or to not to. Because most of us in this room has probably been even here at the Statesville campus and you felt led to pray with somebody at some point and you did not, right? Or you just had this like word of encouragement that was just circulating in your mind and, and you knew who it was for, but you were just too scared to share that. Listen, when we see this, when we see this word lambano or you will receive, it actually means that I take a hold of it. So in my mind, I see as the Holy Spirit begins to move, we sang about it, we're gonna sing about it, we're gonna worship for just a few more moments as we respond to what God's speaking to us. It means this, that as the Holy Spirit comes and begins to move, it's not just something that happens to me. It's that I choose to participate in it. I reach out and I take a hold of it. And that's not just for now. It's not just for this morning. It's for tomorrow morning when you go to work. Because I hope that you're building relationships with people at work and you know what they're going through. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit can move in your life tomorrow when you're at work so that you can pray with somebody. Now, perhaps you need to wait for your lunch break to do that. But that's what the Holy Spirit has come to empower us to do. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts, and those are real, and I'm so thankful for them. But the reality is this. Let's just begin to choose to live like Jesus. Let's just choose to begin to to pray for people like Jesus and love people like Jesus and show compassion for people like Jesus. How many times, this is for myself, I don't know how many times I've driven past somebody on the road that was just changing a tire, and I felt like, pull over and stop, and I thought, I've got to get somewhere. 
See, this is what the power of the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to empower us to live like Jesus. So that when the power of the Holy Spirit begins to move, whether it's here or at home at your workplace, and it will happen in all of those locations and everywhere else, because we'll learn that the Holy Spirit comes to to, to move at a point of need. That I have to participate. I have to reach out and take a hold of that. Will you feel something? You absolutely will feel something. But I've got to reach out and take a hold of that. Listen, the power we take a hold of isn't about doing awesome things. It's really not even about the spiritual gifts. It's about being and living like Jesus. As Christ followers, we can live naturally supernatural. I love that. Live naturally supernatural because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want to read uh, one last quote, and then we're going to worship with the, the bridge and the song, the chorus of Holy Spirit. Now, this is by Jack Hafer. He says, imagine your heart filled with God's love, your mind filled with God's truth, your soul filled with God's life, and your body overflowing with God's goodness. That's the promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the promise that opens up to us, the invitation to be filled with God. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.